everybody, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can visit them in person, in store, at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yes, uh, Meeples and Milkshakes, great place. Go check them out. Awesome um, place, awesome people, awesome yes. games. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start our 31st episode off with some new to the collection because I have a fairly exciting game I want to talk about. Actually, we both have pretty cool games here. <laughs> Uh, but this one, so back in 2018, I went to BGG Con. I've, I've mentioned that a few times on here. A few times. Still <laughs> jealous I haven't yes. gone yet. Yeah. And um, Keep bringing it up, though. It I, makes it better. I got to, I, I was privy to watching some, uh, like, brand new games get demoed and things there. Um, some things that were just, like, debuting at BGG Con, which is really, really cool. The first time I'd ever experienced something like that, kind of, like, from a uh inside the industry sort of viewing point um and so i was working with mercury games at one of their booths there and across the hall from us was colossal games and they were i believe it was debuting if I, i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was debuting there or if it had just been shown it was brand new whatever and that is western legends um, and this game is designed by Herve Lemaitre. Just it's a very French name, but I don't want to butcher it. I was going to say, he actually nailed it pretty well before, but I'll, we could, I could just hear uh, Norm Herve, laughing Herve at us in the, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, my French is not great. Mine either. Um, especially for Canadian, I'm, uh, you know, whatever. But um, uh, yeah, this is from Colossal Games, designed by Herve Lemaitre. And art by Roland McDonald. And this game... Much yeah. easier to pronounce. <laughs> Roland <laughs> McDonald, yeah. It's a good one. Um, this is a game I was watching get played a lot. Just like I was watching it across the hall. People were all around the table watching this get played. And then I got to go over and, and half demo it with a group of a whole bunch of people. Um, but I'll tell you what this game's about. Um, it says that Western Legends is an open-world sandbox tabletop adventure for two to six players set in the American Wild West. Players assume the roles of historical figures of the era, uh, earning their legendary status in a variety of ways. Gambling, driving cattle, prospecting for gold, robbing banks, fighting bandits, pursue uh, stories, become an outlaw, or keep the peace. The possibilities are darn near endless. And you get to... <laughs> and this game is called Western Legends... And it is exactly what it is because you get to take on the role of a Western legend, such as Billy the Kid, uh, Jesse James, Jesse James, Doc Holliday, Calamity Jane, uh, yeah, Annie Oakley, and so forth. And it's just that's exactly what this game is. It's a sandbox, as they say, and you kind of just do what you want to do, find the role you want to find. You don't have to be good or bad. You can kind of be one or the other, or in between. And, oh, it's just so cool. And I didn't really get to f- experience it. I got to just kind of fiddle with it because um, so, I had I didn't have a lot of time. I was kind of in and out. And, um, but I loved everything I was seeing about that game. And it has been nowhere. It was available no. uh, quite regularly uh, in the first couple of years of its release. But since then, it's been nowhere. I've been able to find it absolutely nowhere. No, I've been looking for it too because I remember... 
remember you talking about it and I've seen it, uh, people talking about it. I'm like, oh, that game looks awesome. And I've been looking for it to get for you for birthday or Christmas or whatever. Yeah. It's still on my list and it just could not find it anywhere. And, and it was, and honestly, it's been on mine. I've been looking, the second I told myself, the second I see this anywhere, I'm just, I'm going to snag gonna it. buy it. Yeah. And it's been nowhere. I've, I've not been able to pre-order it or anything from anywhere. Yeah. And, but then my friend Kurt was able to find a copy. I don't know where. But uh, he found a copy and he got it for me for my birthday. So. Thanks, Kurt. Yes, thank you, Kurt. <laughs> um, and I'm super excited to play this one. I really, really, really love cowboy oh, yeah. stuff. Like I love Western movies and stuff. I'm not a. It's so funny because I'm very like not a cowboy, cowboyish, <laughs> right? Like I'm, but for whatever reason, I love the just old cowboys, right? You know, I, I love yeah. the, yeah, the John Wayne turn of the century, yeah, <laughs> sort of cowboy stuff. And so this this game looks awesome. From what I remember, it was super cool, and I can't wait to play it. A few, I think there's a few expansions out there for it, and I think there was one released even at BGG Con um, that was available back then. I have no idea if those are available anywhere, but um, yeah, I'm super stoked to have this one, and we will be playing it shortly, and we'll be doing one of our. Um, Time Machine reviews on Western Legends. <laughs> Time Machine on a brand new game for us. <laughs> yeah, brand new for us, but this was a 2018. This is almost yeah. you know, coming up five years old. Yeah. Or four and a half years or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, awesome game. Super stoked to play it. Yeah. Um, but what did you have? You got a you got a quite a different game. <laughs> quite a different Legends. game. Yes. <laughs> the game I have is Long Shot the dice game. Mm-hmm. So this came up on pre-order at Meeple's and Milkshakes and I was, uh, it just looked fun. I, I think it just caught my eye right from the beginning. It's a horse racing game. Mm-hmm. We don't have a horse racing game. We don't. So I uh, I was reading into it. I love dice, whether they're kind to me or not. And uh, yes. I thought, you know what, this, let's, let's take a look at it. So this one, this game is designed by Chris Handy, um, art by Klaus Susa fun to say and uh published by perplexed Mm -hmm. so the little blurb in here as it's not as exciting as western legends in that sense (laughs) you know um exciting in a different way yeah so this is a push your luck game which is pretty fun so plan and push your luck as the action unfolds in this tense race of eight horses you'll buy horses place bets influence race movement and utilize special abilities the dice determine which horses move and the actions available each turn, so be ready to adapt your plans in this game. Once three horses cross the finish line, earnings are totaled. While there are many ways to earn money during a horse race, only the player that makes the most money will be declared the winner. Will you play it safe or risk it big on a long shot? It sounds awesome to me. And this is a game I didn't realize you'd pre-ordered until we went down to Meeple's on the weekend <laughs> and it was in our pile of stuff. And... When as soon as I saw it, I was very excited because yeah. I am hugely interested in horse racing, and that sounds weird. I'm not like I don't know any like I don't know Kentucky Derby. Or no, no. But like when it comes to betting, I love the idea of going to the track. I've never done that, and probably never will. But yeah. going to the track and betting on a horse, and you know, just and cheering for your horse to race, and because the like my. Um, experience goes back to my early days of going to the casino when it first yeah. was legal and here in Kelowna they had that rickety um, <laughs> automated like yeah. animatronic horse racing uh 
thing and it was yeah. a huge table with a bubble over it kind of like bubble hockey you know but it had these little machine horses that would run around yeah. like physically run around in this table and well we used to laugh and laugh and laugh playing that putting quarters in the machine betting on a horse and hilarious then they would run on a little track kind of like you know a little yeah like go-kart things and oh it was hilarious and i loved it ever since and then th- they removed that thing from the Ugh. casino and they replaced it with like screen ones they're just not, yeah, nearly, as not nearly as fun although there is a pretty fantastic screen horse race yeah so the japanese world cup yes, yes. so we <laughs> we hadn't seen it and our friend uh our friend showed it to us and we ended up, I think it was over Zoom as yeah, well because he he's in the States and we were here and um, we made bets on uh, on horses and what it is is they ha- it's all animated and the horses are ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're, there's like robot horses. There's, there's walruses. There's horses and there's horses one, that walk on two, two feet. Oh and, my gosh. And when they start racing, they just look outrageous and yeah. we just had a fun time just... I know. There's something about it. Something about yeah these horses running around tracks, especially in that. If anyone hasn't seen that, go on YouTube and look up Japan World Cup. And it's this absolutely insane animated horse race. It's amazing. Where they explode <laughs> and they fly yeah. and they split in half and they like jump on each other to go Don't across give the away all line. the secrets. Oh, you have to see this to believe it. It's hilarious. Yeah, but yes, that's good. what this makes me think of. And it just looks awesome. It and looks It's a fun. dice rolling push your luck horse racing game. Yeah. And I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It looks awesome. Yes. Very, very excited. Long shot the dice game. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> um so that's new uh that's our new to the collection segment. We're gonna run over and talk about a little bit of breaking news. <gasps> then here we are at our breaking news segment this one's going to be relatively short but this is something we definitely need to mention. short and sweet yes so Anna Marie you know what I'm talking about something we just heard a few days ago is Man. that shucks in Vancouver is a go for 2022 if I knew it wouldn't pierce the listeners ears <laughs> I would be screaming right now yes. I am giddy so giddy <laughs> at the prospect that a convention is happening absolutely that we are currently going to yep so barring in anything person, i'm so excited <laughs> in person uh convention oh. and it's no uh not just any convention shucks this is if anyone out there doesn't know what shucks is it is the official convention of shut up and sit down that is held here in bc in vancouver every year um and if you don't know who shut up and sit down is i'd highly suggest you go uh and let's let's not kid ourselves you do know (laughs) but for some odd reason you don't they are um yeah certainly top you know board gaming minds in the industry they have podcast and videos and incredible uh, guys, I met them while working at Shucks uh, a few years ago, <laughs> and super nice people. And uh, their manager actually lives here in Kelowna, and we play games with him. Uh, it's just a small world that way. But yes, Shucks is a go for September 30th and October 1st, October 2nd of 2022. 
We have our tickets already. I'm just actually staring at our passes from 2019. We have all of our, uh, what do you call them? Lanyards? Yeah. From With all of our uh, different con yeah. uh, badges and I'm hanging just, on the wall beside I'm just us. so excited to add and to get <sighs> yes. back there. Holy Dinah. A long time coming. Yeah. And we... Yeah, we're so excited to go to this. It sounds like a whole bunch of us are going. Sounds like a lot of the Kelowna crew are going. Sounds like some of the guys from Saskatchewan might be going. That would be fun. Including uh, Norm from Cardboard Cardboard Conjecture and Ryan, Mr. Rao. So, yeah, keeping my fingers crossed that uh, those guys are able to come and then maybe other people from the What You've Been Playing Wednesdays cast. That'd be so exciting to meet people in person. (laughs) It'd be awesome. We have our hotel booked. Uh, thank you to Kurt for yes, doing Yes, thank that. you, Kurt. And we have our tickets in hand. So as long as this is a go, we will be there. Yep. So if you would like Bells to... Bells and whistles on. Yeah. Making all sorts of noise. Totally. And we will be there and we will uh, be standing out with our um, merch on. So you will... <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm kind of a recognizable guy. So uh, when we get there... You I know, blend in with the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, you know, nearly 6'2 and 260 pounds and tattoos and a beard and a bald head and yeah you know i kind of i'm a girl up. yeah <laughs> you're just five foot three uh girl girl brown hair <laughs> but no uh, yeah we would love to uh, oh, you didn't talk. mention my face tattoos oh and all her face just and neck kidding tattoos. i don't have yes. face tattoos. no she doesn't have any tattoos actually um but uh yeah we are more than excited to be going to this again and if you want to come and meet us and maybe play some games with us that would be cool yes definitely uh we are wide open to do these type of things so if you'd like to do something like that just uh contact us on twitter or through our email so that's meeple dungeon at meeple dungeon on twitter and the meeple dungeon at gmail.com you can contact us and we could set up something hopefully for that weekend yeah that'd be cool so uh let's see what we can do either way yeah super excited that's our breaking news section of the episode we are going to run on over to our crowdfunding uh segment and a little bit of a segue is that uh part of the reason that we're going on over to that segment right now is because of shut up and sit down oh so let's i wonder (laughs) let's see what we're talking about at our crowdfunding and pre-order segment of the episode we have two to talk about we do have a crowdfunding and a pre-order to talk about so as i was saying earlier with the shut up and sit down segue um i was listening to their podcast at work uh, on thursday or friday and they were talking about a game on there that I hadn't heard before, but you told me that you did tell me about this game before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll <laughs> get I, into that later. I yeah, <laughs> I guess I just didn't look into it. Um, but what I was listening to. But when shut up and sit down tells you to look into <laughs> <That's right>. it. <laughs> and what game were they talking about? They were talking about Crescent Moon, and this is um, a game coming out here shortly. Um, and it's for four to five players. It's from that this, right there is exciting. Actually, it's strange. Honestly, that's, I like that's it. an odd. That's not something you see very often. No, we can get into that after. Yes, but sorry, uh, keep going. designed by Steve Mathers and published by Osprey Games. 
yeah, this game uh, is four to five players. Like, you need a minimum of four to play this. And it's 150 to 180 minutes. I guess there's a short or a normal game and a long game version of this. What is this game, though? This game is, well, here, I'll read a little blurb. It says, Crescent Moon is an area control game for four to five players. Take on the role of one of the five radically asymmetric characters, uh, each with their own objectives to fulfill, unique actions to utilize, and game-changing special powers to employ. Build symbiotic relationships with your allies, undermine your rivals, and choose your friends and enemies wisely in this cutthroat game of power and politics. So, uh, as they were talking about this game on the podcast, it they kept um, saying it was very similar to Root and Pax Pamir and uh, the Dune game from Gale Force Nine. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time you say Gale Force 9, I think of Gale Force Winds. Yes. You have disturbed the Gale Force Winds. Ah! <laughs> and probably a lot of people don't know what she's no. referencing, but that's from the Bob's Burgers cartoon, which is one of our favorite shows. And there's a character in there, Gale. which is Gale. And she's this crazy lady that makes a board game and it's just horrific. And it's called it's Gale amazing. Force Winds. amazing. <laughs> it goes on for hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, this. So as soon as I heard it was uh, similar to Root, obviously it piqued my interest. Um, and same with Pax Premier. I really love Pax Premier. And and then Gale Force Nine's version of Dune is a very uh, particularly. In- it's, it's, they're very similar to war game style, like right. super asymmetrical, lot like next to no differences between any faction. Whereas this one has. Um, this one is, is about the uh, kind of the Middle East. Um, and this one takes, uh, they call it the Caliphate. So this is like, it doesn't have a date on here. Um, but a long time ago, sort of thing. Sultans and... Yeah, in the lands of sultans, yeah. Some warlords and all of these things. And that is and that is some of the characters, actually. There's a sultan. A um, caliph, a witch? I think. A caliph. Is that what it was? I think so. I believe so. Anyway, um, you have these four, or these five, four or five. There's a, a nomads. Um, the Murshid. Yeah, the Murshid. Um, whole bunch of different factions. Anyway, and they all have they have drastically different asymmetrical um, powers and abilities. And I guess it's just it's like super interesting where um some like some of the factions are able to be like to play sort of merchant style where they're able to sell and buy th- buy things and like kind of set the market on how things are sold and bought and like depending on who you want to have relationships with you can and you can set all your own prices period where like I can sell to you for nothing and like the the way Quinns was describing it on <laughs> on shut up and sit down was that like he, one person on the same turn one person would come to him and say I'd really like to buy some of your stuff and he said, absolutely not. We don't have anything for sale. And then in the next breath, he went to the next person <laughs> at the table and said, oh, just so you know, um, we're I'm having a fire sale. And he basically <laughs> gave away everything for free oh, no. to this other character at the table, right? And it's just like this, I don't know, like it, as they described there, there's this symbiotic relationship between everybody at the table. And it's just this crazy experience, apparently. And they this, were raving about it. This well, sounds Quinn's like a was, game anyway. Kurt's going to be awesome at. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kurt and Scott yeah. are going to be very, very good at this. <laughs> um, but the boys, uh, like Aaron, 
will he'll dig this. So will uh, uh, Quentin will definitely dig this, and so will Brendan. Actually, everyone around here is going to dig this. I can already guarantee that. But it just looks so good, it sounded so good. I'm not doing a good job of uh, explaining how this yeah, works. You're totally but, selling it. <laughs> but no, it does sound really. It does sound really good. cool. Um, so just to you know go along the same lines i came across this on the pre-orders and i thought it looked uh really awesome and i was telling telling rob about it and um apparently my description didn't do that well either <laughs> so yeah he comes uh he comes home and tells me about oh there's this awesome game that uh they were talk- talking about on, on uh, shut up and sit down and he's like oh, i'm a moon something moon i was like crescent moon like the game i was telling you <laughs> yeah. about a couple weeks ago <laughs> It says right here. It's the one. That's exactly right. Um, (laughs) So here's a little bit. It says, as the sun rises over the deserts, rivers, and oasis of the Caliphate, a delicate balance has been upset. As one of many rival powers in the region, you now have the opportunity to alter the course of history and seize power for yourself. The ambitious sultan sits in a golden palace, presiding over great works of architecture. The the secretive Murshid works to covertly undermine the central authorities through an expansive network of agents. So that's kind of like the little finger character, like game of Thrones, little finger sort of style. I thought right? you were going onto root and I was like, what little finger? No, is but there like game of Thrones the sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the wandering tribes of the nomad aim to, uh, sow discord in order to, dis- uh, to secure employment for their experienced mercenary, uh, citizenry. That's a weird word. The <laughs> ravaging forces of the warlord sweep across the land, chasing after promises of plunder. And in the face of chaos and uncertainty, the caliph aims to preserve order through military might. So like very specific goals that they have and very specific things that they can and can't do or they're aiming for. And you're trying to use each other like to to manipulate this in your favor and just come out on the top. Sounds amazing. And just if you'd like a a really good listen about this, go check out the latest episode from Shut Up and Sit Down. Um, it's obviously the episode's called it. Asymmetric something or other, but yeah, <laughs> you'll find it there. So that is one of the games that we, that's the one game that we pre-ordered. So speaking of that, I went, as soon as I heard this, I went over to meeples.ca, checked if they had it in the pre-orders and sure enough, they did. And they had two left. One of which I got means there's one left for pre-order as of this recording um, and it's, they have it at a great price. So you should run over there if this sounds any interest to you and you can get it for yourself. Yeah. They have, they have a crazy selection on their pre-orders. They do. So run on over, check out the pre-order section. That's where I found it. And it's, uh, there was one left as of, uh, this recording. The other game we wanted to talk about is last light. So yeah. last light, we talked about last light on this show. I want to say about a month ago. I want to say longer ago than that. That was great grammar, but I think it was longer ago. Yes. So maybe four, (laughs) six weeks ago, we talked about this and because it was in its pre stages, it wasn't even, um, on, uh, so it's on game found. Yeah. This this one, it's not on Kickstarter and it wasn't, they just had their like pre look right at, at the game available. Now it's on game found and it is, it funded in a, couple hours or something and this is um from roy Canada of dice tower fame and it's published by gray fox games and this is a oh, it just looks awesome it's a 4x um like eclipse light 
type of game. Because they, they say it plays pretty quickly, right? That's the thing. Like it plays in 90 minutes. I was going to say a 4X game in an hour and a half. Yes. Yeah. And um, oh, it just looks super cool. The components yeah. look great. The actual game. So it's not, I shouldn't say it's like Eclipse, but it's, it has an Eclipse feel um, <laughs> to it. But it's, there's a lot more going on here. The, the board um, moves moves and twists and turns. And there's kind of three sections to the board and they spin around and, and there's all these planets. Planets and, on the spinning parts that move around. Yeah. And, and there's, the components oh, look awesome. And we went, there's, there's a few different pledges you can do on here, but we went for the deluxe uh, pledge on this. And it looks so worthwhile. All the components look beautiful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it looks tremendous. It. Um, I know I said this last time. I'm pretty sure when we were talking about it, but I think it's just awesome because uh, Roy's always talking about how much he loves space games. How that's like yes, his thing, right? And so you know that this game isn't just a game that he thought of and slapped a space theme on it. You know Not that like he was like, I'm making a no. space game. And then made the game, right? Like it yeah, that you knew that that was the theme going in. So I'm I'm expecting this to be an awesome game, just steeped in it. So yeah, there's there's a quote here um, from someone that has uh, been able to play it uh, prior to us. It says Last Light is pure fun and fast paced for X joy, the most nice. fun I've had in space conquering game maybe ever. Very cool. It's so, just such a funny concept to hear pure fun and a fast paced 4x game yeah, so the, <sighs> this is going to be i'm i'm very very I'm excited, excited for this game it. and yeah it says the game changes as you play because of the rotating board and the, ro- and the, the board does rotate in two different areas and in, in basically three different rings yeah that this thing rotates in and this so the planets are always kind of moving and uh what's the word um orbiting orbiting around the center of the board so everything's kind of moving and shifting around um, and the different pledges are, um, let me see here. I get the game found. They have everything right here, which is great. Um, the deluxe with the expansion. So this game, uh, we, it, it can play up to eight players. Yeah. Eight players. So the one we're getting is the deluxe, expa- uh, deluxe edition with the expansion for up to eight players. And that is $169 American. Cause I'm pretty sure the base game is up to four players. Yes. So this is adds another four this players. This adds an additional four players to yeah. it. Um, and it just looks awesome. And when you're playing a 4X game, that's a ton of fun too. Having lots, being able mm-hmm. to have a lot of people and just having a big space opera game. And Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other ones. There's kind of a standard edition, which has got the lesser components and up playing up to pl- four players. And that's $79. So, I mean, it's kind of up to you. Do you I don't think, yourself? yeah, I don't think any of them look bad. No, they don't look bad. <laughs> I think they all that. look, no, I know that's but not, the I'm just saying. just looks incredible. I'm just so. saying, like, you're not, I don't think there's a bad pledge is what I mean. No, they all look good. They no, all look there's like. There's not the, a bad pledge in here. It's, there's kind of, for every budget. Yeah, um, it all looks good. Like you'll they've get got, a good game. They've got, um, it looks like everything is colorful, no matter what. Yes, No matter gorgeous. which pledge you get. Um, but the deluxe is like spec spectacularly good looking i just feel that this is a game we'd want to play with more people so i, I feel, feel like, like yeah. typically when we play eclipse we've got lots of people yeah we so, usually play with at least six yeah so i feel that, like so. we would want i think I feel like it would be the same kind of thing we'd want that yes. that many people yeah i'd like the opportunity to at least try yeah maybe you find that the happy number is six or something but at least yeah. we'd have we can if and if eight works wow that's great can you imagine having eight people over to play like a 4x yeah. style game it's crazy to think about that doesn't take you 37 hours. Right? It only, yeah, you can be, 
open and done in two hours yeah. with eight people That'd playing be something cool. like this, I'm all for it. So we are excited about this and I can't wait to play it. There's about and 20 days left. So yes, just under three weeks. days left and it's well funded. So there's... Um, no chance of it not working. No, no chance of it's not funding. So um, we knew it was gonna fund. It, this just game just looked awesome. Yeah, we like Roy. We like to uh, support him, and uh, on top of that, the game looks amazing. So looks awesome. It's a win-win slam dunk for us. So um, that being said, we are going to head over to our last main segment of the episode right after this. Maples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay-and-play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our main topic of the episode in which we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon Review! Yes, and what are we reviewing this week, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing Meadow, designed by Clemens Kaliki and art by Carolina Kijak and uh, published by Rebel Studio. Yes, Meadow. Um... This is an interesting one. This is, what did you say? It was a Polish game? That, I believe uh, so. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was Rebel in, uh, done in Pol- Polish, uh, yeah. Poland. That got printed in uh, North America through Asmodee, I believe. And um, yeah, so this one, is, uh, just a quick um, thought on the theme is that it's a, you are basically uh, taking a stroll through the meadow and you have your little notebook with you and you are recording what you see. And that you're taking back your notes back to the campfire and you're you're talking with all your friends about what you saw on your walk through the meadow and foresty kind of area. <laughs> and that's that's really the theme yes. here, um, what you're doing. So let's talk about how this how meadow plays. Um, there's a main board and a side board, which kind of I mean, could have all probably been one board, but that's uh well yes sir, yes and no but I, yeah so we'll get no to that later boards. but yeah. there's a main board a sideboard and then you have cards and the cards you're going to be creating a tableau in front of you um kind of yeah you're going to be creating a tableau on the main board there is going to be a uh four by four grid of cards that are going to be laid out at all times for you to choose from on your turn those cards are going to be from well three different decks um directional decks. yes yeah, so there's a western <laughs> deck and a northern deck and an eastern deck or actually no to begin the game there's a western deck a southern deck and an eastern deck the northern deck is set to the side and will be used in the second half of the game 
And in each one of those decks, there is a wide variety of cards. Um, some representing landscapes, some representing houses like cottages, some representing and mostly representing animals, birds, insects, yeah. uh, toadstools, trees, things like that. Yeah. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to have, um, you're going to put the Western deck at the top of the player board or the, uh, the main board, the Southern deck and the Eastern deck all at the top. And you're going to draw cards from them and you're going to create, um, your selection tableau on the board. Um, one row for Western, two rows for Southern and one row for Eastern cards. And they're going to have, so four Western, eight Southern and four Eastern cards. And they're going to be what's available to you. Each player is going to, uh, take from this, uh, selection of cards, their starting hand. You're just going to take four from across. You're going to end up with one Eastern card, two Southern cards, and one Western card. You're going to put those in your hand. Then you're going to draw one Northern card off the top of the Northern card deck to start the game. So you have a starting hand of five. Yep. Each player is going to do that. And then you're going to refill the table. And, uh, that's what the main board is going to look like. Then you're going to have five cards in your hand. Then there's the uh, sideboard, which kind of represents... Every time you say sideboard, I think you're going to say cyborg. <laughs> I don't know the why. cyborg. <laughs> and then we've got the cyborg. Yeah. We forgot to mention the cyborg <laughs> in, in Meadow. In meadow. <laughs> yeah. um, on there, it, it kind of represents um, a campfire. And there's some rocks and benches. And uh, you're kind of looking uh, top down, bird's eye view of this campfire. How fitting. Yes. Right? A bird's eye view. <laughs> yeah. And you have a little... Uh, Depending on how many players there are, this board, there's two of them actually in the game. There's one for two players, three players, four players, and five players. Is that what No, it? there's a uh, solo. So oh, you no, can have solo. So you can have one and two. So the board, right. there's one uh, um, one side of the board is solo, the other is two player, and then the other board has a three, three and, and a four. four. So yep. depending on your player count, you're going to use one of these two boards on one of the two sides. And you're going to have a little um, player uh, marker, little hiker camp. with a stick and a backpack as your. Um, a turn marker and someone's going to take the first player token which is a compass and you're going to go and what are you doing on here you are building a tableau and you are doing so with the cards in your hand you're also going to have one starting card that yep. you're able to choose there's two sides to it and it kind of gives you a starting resource basically on how to start it's, off yeah it's a landscape card so like you're yeah. i would call it so there you're going to have landscapes like grass grassy landscape hilly um foresty you know like yeah. ponds you've got those kinds of um iconography on the bottom yeah and you need you need those that's like your base level that's what you're going to build on on all the places yes. you go so like in this grassy area i can find butterflies i can find these types of caterpillars and in mm -hmm. the um deserty uh areas i can find these types of insects and you know yeah. so it, it kind of is thematic this that way where you can find different things on different places yes because and, and that being said so on every landscape card you're going to have a landscape icon at the bottom of it like you said whether it's grass or tundra or leaves or um uh, uh swampy areas or something and at the top of it is going to give you a different resource maybe a tree a bug a mushroom a, a bird something butterfly like that. house and um then it, the way this works is you are gonna in your hand you're gonna have a whole array of different things you might have some landscapes some insects or like animal type cards 
or cottage type cards. Mm -hmm. And each one of them is going to have a cost associated with it to add to your tableau. So if I have my starting card, let's say is a... Uh, beetle. Yeah, a beetle with like a grass landscape. And then the bottom icon is the grass and the top landscape is a beetle. Then if I have a card in my hand that says it's, say it's a, um, I don't know, a cat and it need, it requires a beetle to play it. I know that I can take that cat and place it down into that card on top of that landscape card because it has the beetle icon. But then you're covering up whatever you paid for. Yeah. You know, so like... You're covering up the beetle but leaving the landscape but, visible. Yeah, so the landscape, the bottom half of the card is always going to be uh, visible throughout you're the whole game. You're always going to have the constantly landscape. constantly um, covering up things that you've used to play the card. So yeah. it's this really interesting like give and take sort of thing where you have to be careful of what you're covering up. In case and, you have other cards that you need to use with it first. Yeah, so you have to start building it out. And so the best way to do it is to build out a bunch of landscape cards. Um, so how do you get more cards into your hand? So the way that your turn works is you're going to have these five um, kind of wooden stakes that you're using. And they have... Uh, they look like fence posts, maybe. Yeah, they kind of look like a fence post, yeah. And they have different iconography on them. One has a, a one with um, a different symbol at the bottom. One has a two, one has a three, one has a four, and one has a question mark. And they each have different symbols on them. And the way you're going to use these things is this is how you're going to get cards into your hand and out of off of that main board. In that grid of four by four, if there's a card on, say it's my turn and I'm going first. And there's a card that I really want and it's um, maybe uh, three down um, the southern aisle closest to you and uh, three away from me. I could play one of my stakes um, to take that card. And the way it works is around the edge of the board are these notches. And that your, your fence little, post slots into. Yeah, your fence post kind of pokes right into that notch. And that's going to tell you that I'm taking a card from that row X amount of numbers away. So if I used the number one uh, fence post, I would have to take, and I placed it on my side, and I put it into one of these notches in, say, the bottom row, I would be able to take the card directly in front of that fence post. If I played the two, I'd be able to skip two in and grab that one. If I played a three, I'd be able to skip three in and so forth. And, and you, you would have these... to skip three in. You can't take the two no, before no, you it. Have it to has take the to. Third card. Yeah, it has to correspond with a number on the fence yeah. post. So there's notches all the way down the sides, your side and my side, and the bottom of the board, but right. not at the top. So there's only no. what do we have here? We have twelve, 12 different actions we can do, um, and we're between the two of us. We have five actions each. So there's going to be likely. 10 of these spots taken unless we go over to the sideboard where the campfire the is. cyborg <laughs> to the cyborg <laughs> um and we could place our fence posts in different notches on that play yeah not the, with a pointy end with the no flat with, the, end. with the flat side <laughs> to activate the bottom side actions of the uh, fence, fence posts. posts where you can play a couple cards from your hand you can gain a couple um what are they pathways called? pathways which allow you to play down certain types of cards um, you could pick any card from within the grid, the grid itself. And what else can or you do? Or you could pick um, three cards from one of the directions. Right. Choose one, discard the discard other Discard the others. And then the question mark um, fence post can be used anywhere on either, either board in any way you want. So it can basically mimic 
any number so you can basically select whatever card you'd like wherever you place it from on the main board or you can place it over on the cyborg cyborg <laughs> and uh, uh, mimic any of the other fence posts you have and do what it asks for also on that that sideboard is the around the campfire there are some stumps and stones and you can at the beginning of the game you throw out at random some little tokens there representing different symbols that are found on the cards for instance, a tree, a butterfly, berries. some berries, a toadstool, and a paw print. And if at any point during the game you are uh, playing a fence post over on that board, you also have the opportunity to try to put down one of your like extra point tokens if you have in your tableau showing currently those um, icons. But if you had, say, a... Um, a tree and a butterfly, and they were they were and next they were, to each other on yeah, the sideboard. If they were side by side campfire. on the player on the sideboard, you could place down one of your little. You have a little extra point token thing, and you could place it down there and claiming that for yourself. If you have those symbols showing yes. on your tableau, yes, and it's kind of cool that way. So there's there's only five of those spaces available for a two player game. So and you can only take up to three of them yourself. You only have yeah. like a, an extra two, three, or four points. Yes, yeah, so you have yeah three three. Uh, tokens a two a two point a three point and a four point and if you're lucky enough to get all three of them out you're going to get your uh nine points yeah and you have to play them out lowest to highest yeah. so you have to start with your two exactly so in our last game Anna Marie actually got her two her three and her four out and I got my two and my three out and that because there's no more spots left I couldn't I had no opportunity to get my extra four right. points out so that's what you're going to do is you're going to be playing cards from your hand paying for them with uh, the resources that you have already listed in your tableau, and but you're going to be constantly covering up yeah. resources that you have. So you have to keep watch onto what you're covering and when. And then each card has a different victory point amount attached to it. Um, I mean, some cards do, some cards don't. It's the the landscape ones on the bottom don't have victory no. points. Everything else does. Um, yeah, all the cottages and insects, insects and, and, birds and animals and, and birds. Have, yeah, they, they all do. Yes, and then you're going to be placing those into your tableau and you're trying to basically get as many points as you can after six rounds and you're going to uh after the third round that's when you're going to switch out the southern deck for the northern deck and you the northern the deck board. brings a whole bunch more cards that are way they're higher more difficult point value. to yeah to play but way higher point values um and it's really, really cool that way. So, and they, um, yeah, you wipe the board and then you reseed it with uh, all new cards. Yeah. And yeah. And then go on doing the same thing. And it has a very cool, um, uh, for two player, it just really works out really nicely where there's like a targy sort of thing going on here where you can kind of watch what each other are doing and you can, like, oh, I'm pretty sure she really wants that card. So I'm going to stick my, my fence post over on this spot because I'm pretty sure she wants to go down that alley and i can see which fence posts you know yeah I have we can left see which ones and... we have left and which ones we've used or not used and you can kind of start to see what each other are up to and um because there's only so many spots available for taking the cards each round you can kind of block each other if you want to but <laughs> when in our first early games i was only concentrated on what i was doing even still i yeah. still don't even look at your board <laughs> at so your tableau so yeah so to recap that um you are playing all down these these critter cards on top of your landscape cards, and you're covering up constantly, covering up symbols 
that you're using to pay for the card that you just played, and now you've got a new symbol available, so you might have covered up a toadstool with now a bird card. Um, so the toadstool is gone, but the victory points remain. But now you have a bird card, which generally all the bird cards will have a bird symbol on it. And now you've got a bird available to you to go with whatever else you might have going. And you're going to have cards. I probably, they, yeah, you usually end up with a tableau about 10 cards wide and about three, four cards tall kind of towards the end of the game. So you have this big wide tableau of randomness kind of going on and you're picking and choosing where you want to go and you've got to really math them, math some things out and you have to be careful with what, uh, of your little fence post, uh, tokens you use where and when and how, and there's lots of, lots of choices to do. And, um, at the end of the, at end of the sixth round for a two player game, it's literally just all the points you have wins, the points that you've collected around the campfire with those little special tokens and all the points that are just visible on your cards in your tableau. Yeah. And that's how you win. And as long as you do that, um, swap of the Southern cards for the northern cards at the midway point that's that's it that's it um so hopefully that explains i mean it's pretty basic it's pretty basic yeah um tableau building but it's got some a lot of interesting choices but let's revisit the theme here so does the theme lend well to this game what do you think i know we have a bit of differing opinions on this one but I think it does. I think it does lend well. I think that um, I like the way you have to go, like when you're laying down the landscape cards and then you, you're building on them. And mm-hmm. typically you're building on them with something that uh, you need like a prerequisite for. So, for example, I start with I've got this woodpecker and I needed to play this woodpecker on a beetle. So I had to have a beetle because, you know, it's going to eat it probably. Right. So then mm-hmm. I have this bird card. And to play the bird, uh, or I, well, this is a landscape too, but there would be something like maybe that a bird would need, like maybe a tree, you know, so that the bird can go in the tree or, um, you know, to get, uh, to get the wolf, I need to find a paw print in a house, mm-hmm. you know, like it's going to be kind of, kind of near there. And, and to play a fence post, I want to have a tree in a house nearby. So just like those kinds of things that make, they kind of, they go together. Yeah. No, I, I think the theme is, is fine. Um, yeah, I agree. It, the theme is, is fine. It, I don't think it... Like, I also I just think you could also make this game with a whole bunch of other different themes on top of it. Maybe. I just I just don't think it would be as interesting. And Maybe I think, not, no. And that could be because the art... Uh, well, I'm, I'm jumping, but mm-hmm. that the art was done so well that I think this theme just... Like, what else theme could there be? You had mm-hmm. said, like, oh, we could play with cars. It's like, I would not be interested in this if it was all cars. I agree. Like, I mean, that it, was just something off the top of I my know, head. I know, but that's, but, but I do think, I, I do think the theme lends well. You're, I didn't, I didn't really feel so much like I was going on a walk. I think there could have maybe been mm-hmm. another board or something that, or something you did that, like, actually pictured you going on a walk. Um, yeah, maybe. That, yeah. that might have felt more thematic, but um, I felt like I was immersed in, like, this forest life. Like, oh, yeah. so that, that was nice. So yes, maybe like, I don't feel like I'm going on a walk, but, um, but I do think the theme is there. The theme is, yeah, I think the theme is fine. Um, but okay. So the theme being fine, like you said, you can move on to the artwork. Um, the artwork is amazing. amazing. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, so I think the artwork makes the game interesting enough just just on that, like, just yeah, looking you don't at feel the like cards. you're going for a walk, but just yeah. looking at the artwork um, is it makes it interesting enough for me um, 
just to build out your tableau and see all the different things. Yeah. Because there's, there's so many different cards and every card is unique. Yeah. Every single card. Yeah. Um, and they're all unique artwork. They're all, everything is unique and gorgeous. Um, the did only... we say who the art, artist was? Yeah, was... I did. It was Carolina. Or I'll Kat- find it. Katrina? Or... I think it was Carolina. Carolina Kijak. That's it. Yes. And oh, it's just and then, uh, gorgeous. Katarzyna Fiebiger did graphic design. Cool. But yes, no, artwork is outstanding. So good. Um, Like, wow. Really, really good. Almost looks like watercolors. It does. It time. looks like little watercolor paintings. A whole bunch of watercolor paintings. Yeah. Really, really nice. I mean, they make even like the insects and wasps look nice. And yeah. Grubs and things look nice and just, yeah, it's really colorful, really soft, really pleasant. Um that's artwork. this game is pleasant. Yes. Like that, yeah. So artwork, outstanding. Components, um, pretty good. Cards right, are yeah. fine. They've um, got these little, uh, what did they call them? Well, they're like deck holders. They're kind of, yeah, they, they hold the decks. So they, there's the four different decks, the north, east, west, and south decks that are in this game. And you, without these little holder things, you guess you could just have the deck just sitting on the board. You just have a pile, but these keep them nice these and keep them organized. In really and... nice little um, spots where they kind of lean back so your cards don't slide around or yep. fall, out, fall out and and the fact that you have to replace the north with the south deck yeah the south with the north deck halfway through the game you just grab the thing boop, and they've out, got boop, you grab the other one it slots in and uh, they've got the board um like three cutouts three rectangular cutouts so these uh the deck holders just kind of slot in nicely, nicely so they don't move yeah they don't, they're just they awesome don't in it's there great um are they necessary no are they a nice touch yep yeah i like them they really work nice me too um, and yeah, the tokens are nice. Everything's nice. Thick nice cardboard. The cardboard is good. The cards are, are good quality. They're good quality and gorgeous cards. Um, yeah. So yeah. Components are great. Board is nice. It's simple, uh, easy to use, easy to play. All the iconography is obvious. Like yes. Ultra obvious. They're big, in your face. This is what this is. This is a toadstool. And yeah. this is a butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> and this is a landscape grass card. Like you yeah. know that. And you know the victory points uh simple enough yeah um no i think it's great so um that brings us to whether or not we recommend this game and if so who we recommend it for um so this one is this one is certainly we we enjoy this one. Oh, i i've yes. i don't i find this game super relaxing mm-hmm. and i don't find that with many games i like I had said before, I was not paying attention to your board whatsoever. No. I was just completely just looking at my board, seeing the new cards that come out. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Or you know what? I can't do that this round. I'm going to add this and do that. I, I had a bit of a different experience than you. But I yeah. I just... I've never Every won. time... <laughs> well, maybe that's part of it. Yep. Every time I have played this, and we've played it two-player and four-player and... um the i've i've just been relaxed the entire time just like oh you know okay oh yeah. you took the card i wanted that's okay i'll see what comes up next like it wasn't like oh no you took that one card it's the only time i'm gonna get something that i can use no no there's so many options that it's like oh, okay i'll go look and maybe i'll try to get that card that being said like everything kind of worked out i've been i was able to mm-hmm. you know get kind of what i needed or or move to a different strategy yeah um yeah, I just found it so relaxing. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. 
there are lots of options. Um, and I found myself getting a little, uh, bit of AP, um, trying to figure out which option I wanted to go with, because first off you have 16 cards to pick from, and then you have five different ways to pick them. Right. And then you can also use those in five different ways on a different board. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like a whole bunch of different things to consider when playing this. Is it stressful at all? No. Like you said, it's, it's not, it's, it's relaxing, but it's, um, like it's certainly a nice, calm, relaxing theme. Um, but for me, it's like, there's some difficult decisions to make in this yeah. where you're like, well, do I want to take that card now? Cause it's worth a lot of points. I can't, I can't make it work yet. Cause I don't have a bird card, but then if I go and get that bird card next, and then I can probably get it on. So it'll allow me to play that card two turns from now kind of thing. But if I take this card, are you going to take that card? Right. And then it's like, <laughs> well, if I go with that strategy about taking this, this high victory point card right now, hoping that I can get that leaf um, landscape card in my yeah. next round, but then what if she takes it and then the, my whole plan goes out the window, right? So it's, um, yeah, I, I really did like it. Um, it is super good at two player. It, yeah. I, um, I, I like, I really like it at two player. I find that it plays the, the clip is good. Like it's a good speed. It's a good pace. Yep. Um, I did find with four players now it, it was, you know, playing it we only played it once at four players and that was with um so it was like new but this isn't a tough game to teach but it it could have just been the environment people not paying attention it was a lot of you know you do your turn and then people are talking and then they're like well are you gonna go and it's like well i've already gone it's your turn you know like so it really elongated the game like it made it go a lot longer um that being said i still enjoyed it but maybe after playing a few more times with that player count, but I think at two players so, so far for me, two players is an awesome spot. I yeah. think three would be good as well. Um, I mean, I, I need to play more with four players before I put the final judgment on, but right now I like it. Um, currently it's best at two for me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Two player. I think this is where this is really, uh, singing and it has that targy feel to it for me. Yeah. Um, just with how you select the cards and the possibility of blocking each other is there. So there's a lot of strategy, um, available here. You don't have to do it, but it's there. So if you want to analyze each other's tableaus and what, what we've used and what we haven't used, um, what cards are available, it's like, Ooh, there's a four pointer just came up and there hasn't been a four pointer yet. I'm just going to snag that now and hope that I can play it. Or do you just leave it and you just go with a couple smaller cards? There's lots of lots of things to consider i think but yeah two player back and forth this yeah. just it flows nicely i think the four player there was just too much downtime yeah and and that allowed for then a bunch of side conversations and not yeah. paying too much attention i mean maybe you could be play, paying attention to all the player boards but i don't know i just yeah i think yeah, yeah two I player so is too. awesome and we're always done in under an hour so yeah it's it says on there like 60 to 90 and i would say 60 60 is really accurate for a two-player yeah. game I think at maximum. Maximum, like yeah. As long as you're just kind of back and forth and back and forth and just keep doing your thing. But I can see this taking a lot longer than 90 minutes when you play with four people if people yeah. aren't paying attention. or I mean, that's but that's going to happen with a four-player game if you're not engaged on every turn. Mm-hmm. Like, because y- you go and then you have to wait for three other people. And if there is a little AP and they're, you know, yep. going a little bit longer, um, it's just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I stick to it. I think two-player on this is yep. awesome. 
Yep, I agree. I think uh, we would certainly recommend this for two players. Um, beyond that, uh, I mean, give it a go, I guess. I want to try it at three. I think three yeah. could still be a good Four a is good a clip. bit of a stretch, um, but two is solid. So, but like we said, if you like uh, Targi, um, this is definitely in that same vein. Um, and yeah, it's just a gorgeous, uh, nice tableau building game with lots of good decision making and and lots of options. And yeah, it's a great yeah. game. So I think we both uh, give it the thumbs up. Yep. particularly for two players so yes. beyond that i mean that's up to you <laughs> but no we do recommend it and we did get this game from meeples.ca so uh i don't know if they have any copies there right now but you can uh, check it out and see if they have it there um that being said i think we're going to call this an episode um you can find us on twitter at meeple dungeon on youtube the meeple dungeon our email is the meeple dungeon at gmail.com dot com <laughs> dot com brain laughs there and um, <laughs> yeah I think that's it for this uh, episode so we will get out of here and we will see you next week have a great week everyone Cheers. happy Easter bye bye